Hallelujah. We'll go ahead and dismiss our kids and teachers at this time. Praise the Lord. What a blessing. Amen. Hallelujah. Did you come to receive today? Let's try that again. Did you come to receive today? Amen. God is so good. Hallelujah. Aren't you grateful for our Sunday school department? I'm grateful. Go ahead. Give them a hand clap. What a blessing. Praise God. Praise God for all of our teachers and all that they do. What a blessing. All the prep time and things that they do. Amen. Our teachers don't, uh, they're not babysitters. They're ministers. Maybe you need to think on that for a minute. Our teachers are not babysitters. They're ministers. And they've taken the time out of their week to prepare to minister under your kids. And instead of being in here, they're in there right now ministering to your kids. Because they're not babysitters. They're ministers. So aren't you grateful for the Sunday School Department of this ministry? Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Amen. Sometimes we take stuff like that for granted, and uh, I don't think we should. Amen. Amen. See, uh, they, they do those kind of things for you and me so that you can come uh, in order to, to receive yourself. Amen. Without, hopefully without distraction. Amen. And uh, so, anyway, look at your neighbor right now and say, neighbor, I'm going to get it all. And then ask him, how about you? You going to get it all? Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to go to the book of uh, Galatians today is where we're going to start. And uh, we have, uh, over the last uh, several weeks, been kind of working on some things. And um, really, to be honest, uh, what has happened, um, beginning of the year, actually, uh, Coming into the new year, uh, here we are now, September, uh, but uh, coming into the new year, uh, the Spirit of God said this would be a year of restoration uh, for the body. And uh, so I, I, I took that pretty serious. And uh, so I began to pray about it, and, and then the Spirit of God began to show me some things, and then really had the, the witness in my heart to begin to, to minister concerning that. And so basically from, you know, the I don't know, second, third week of January, uh, we started all through the midweeks, and, and every week we come in and we're talking restoration in some way or another, bringing forth the Word of God and what it means to, to, you know, to receive the restoration of all things, uh, one of those promises in God's Word in Acts 3. And so we just every week began to minister on that. We also, uh, in the course of the year, you know, of course, we had uh, Dr. Barkley came in, uh, it was like January or February, and uh, we had Reverend uh, Webb was here just about a month back or whatever, a few weeks back here, and both of them operate uh, uh, quite a bit out of the uh, Office of Prophet. And so uh, both of them had a word, uh, not only a word of the Lord for this church, but also ministered concerning restoration. So I think, hmm, I mean, I'm not a rocket scientist. I mean, sometimes you might even wonder if I have all my tools, uh, you know, in the tool shed. Um, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a fool. And so if, if God is saying, hey, I have something for you. It's called restoration of all things. Will you take it? Well, heck, why not? Right? I mean, so uh, we, you know... Uh, you know, we started claiming that in every way that we can. And of course, we've been starting to get signs and wonders and miracles, and that's why we're spending more time uh, taking time with, offer, or pardon me, with the offering and with the prayer lines, uh, because I believe all things need to be restored. And God wants to restore things in your, your households, your families, your relationships, your finance, your business, your health, on and on and on it goes. Amen. And so, uh, since Reverend Webb was here, I uh, kind of felt that, that things shift in us a little bit uh, about bringing some of this toward the, the main services too. Amen. So, we have over the last few weeks then been talking about, uh, you know, signs, wonders, and miracles and what it, what it takes uh, to grab hold of that. Amen. I don't want anything to get in the way of that. I said, I don't want anything to get in the way of that. 
Let's try that one more time. I don't think I want anything to get in the way of the signs, the wonders, the miracles, the breakthroughs, whatever it is He has for me. I want to make sure I eliminate all uh, hindrances, all barriers, all limitations, all distraction or whatever it is that tries to come and mess that thing up. And so I kind of just, in a sense, just by the leading of the Lord, just kind of made it my mission uh, that we're going to address some of these kind of things in, this, in the main services. And so uh, we started with talking about not letting the enemy come in and complicate everything. Stop letting it get complicated. It, there's nothing hard about it. Just receive, will you? And so, uh, you know, the, that was exactly what the enemy tried to do with, with Eve in the garden and, and the very, you know, try to complicate things, try to confuse and take away the simplicity of, of what was done. God just says, listen, you can have, eat anything you want, just don't eat off that one. Nothing hard about that. But the enemy comes in, begins to maneuver and manipulate, and pretty soon you're deceived and thinking now you're, you're missing out on something when you weren't missing out on anything. And all of a sudden it complicated it, and next thing you know we have a fall, we have a, a high treason that, that takes place, and all that kind of goes from there. We all know that. And uh, so we began to talk about not complicating this. Amen. Talked about the fact that God is good all the time. Amen. The devil is bad all the time. Don't confuse it. And the Word warns you and says, Woe to those who confuse that. And it happens all the time. God gets blamed for stuff that He has no business being blamed for. We have an enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And uh, we have a God that, that brings life and life more abundant. So which side do you want to play on? I'd rather play on the side of the abundant life, praise God, and walk free from the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So why confuse it? Amen. God is good? The, the devil bad? God is? Good. Devil? Bad. Devil? Bad. God? Good. No problem, right? That's pretty simple. Amen. And in that same, uh, same message, we began to talk about that, that nothing's impossible. You might look at it in the natural. The word even is very clear that what the things that may appear to be impossible with man is not impossible with God. And so all he's asking is, amen, grab hold of that. Don't confuse it. Don't try to overcomplicate it. Don't try to justify this and analyze this and reason this away. Just receive. And so last week we talked about believe that you receive. Believe that you receive. Amen. And so we began to really zero in on the fact about believing. Don't waver on this thing. Uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I ac actually brought it out last week, but um, Romans 3 brings out, talks about the law of faith. The law of faith or the principle of faith. And it's very clear. Uh, just probably a little simple, little ditty, but it, but it, it works. Uh, if you believe it, you receive it. If you don't, you won't. If you doubt it, you do without it. That's the law of faith, and it's so simple. So if you're, you're doing without it, then you know, hey, wait a minute, I must be wavering or doubting, so let's shift that and change it. No condemnation, no guilt, no shame. Just make the adjustments. If you're not receiving it, it's because you're not believing it. And you could try to justify this and analyze, no, just stop it. No condemnation, no guilt, no shame. Just make the adjustments. If you got to step back for a second and get, get your ducks in a row or your beavers in a row, then do it. Right? Get your adjustment made, praise God, and then move forward and grab hold of what's yours, praise God. So believe that you receive, praise God. Amen. Are you still with me today? Yes. Now you're going to receive today? Yes. Okay, so we're going to Galatians chapter 6, please. Hallelujah. We're going to talk about sowing and reaping and what that means. And I'll, I'll explain to you why this is so important, amen, concerning what we're talking about. Amen. Verse number 7 of Galatians 6 says, Do not be deceived. Now, the reason he says do not be deceived, can anybody guess? Because the possibility of being deceived is there, isn't it? Do not be deceived. God is not mocked or ridiculed. All right? Uh, so, obviously, the chance of being able to, to ridicule or mock God is also there. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever. Everybody say, whatever. whatever. Now, I looked that up just in case because you just never know. Maybe he didn't really mean whatever. Maybe he meant, you know, there's a few things. 
But it, whatever means that. Whatever. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Are you still with me? Whatever he sows, that will he also reap. Uh, put the Amplified up there on that verse. Do not be deceived and deluded and misled. God will not allow Himself to be sneered at, scorned, disdained, or mocked by mere pretensions or profession. In other words, it doesn't matter what everybody else says. Well, I don't believe in that. So? Well, I don't agree with that. So? That doesn't change it. Are you hearing me? That doesn't, God ain't going to go, oh, you don't believe? Oh, okay. No, it doesn't, that's not going to change His mind. Right Or by his precepts being set aside. Or just because you laid it aside or because you forgot about it or decided you didn't want nothing to do with it, that doesn't change it any. But doing those things brings a mockery to him. It's a slap in his face when you don't receive the principles that God lays out for you. And you just made a decision, I don't want to abide by it or receive it or, or think about it or whatever. He inevitably, in other words, the person that does this, he inevitably deludes himself who attempts to delude God. It ain't going to work. You can't deceive God. For whatever a man sows, that and that only is what he will reap. Are you with me? The uh, J.B. Phillips translation, I don't think they had it back there, but, uh, but it means a man's, here's what it says in, that, uh, in the Phillips translation, a man's harvest in life depends entirely on what he sows. Entirely on what he sows. Well, you know, I've, I've been praying for potatoes. You have? Yeah, I've been praying for potatoes, and, and every year I go out there and there's no potatoes. And I've been praying. I've been asking God for potatoes. Okay. Did you plant potatoes? No, I planted zucchini. So what do you have? Well, I have gobs of zucchini. Okay. So you got what you, what you sowed. Well, I'm believing God for potatoes. Well, if you're going to have potatoes, if you want to harvest the potatoes, you're going to have to plant potatoes because that's the way it was designed. Come on. And he's not going to change the whole system just because you don't want to plant potatoes. Hang on to that. So with that said, let's lay a little groundwork. Go to Genesis and uh, chapter 8, verse 22, please. Put that on the board. Thank you very much. While the earth remains... Ever say, the earth remains. earth remains. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night, shall not cease. While the earth remains. Is the earth still remaining? Yep. So this big ball that we're on right now is rotating. Somebody said, what is it? I don't know how fast it is. It's pretty fast. And screaming around the sun at about, what do they say, about 20,000 miles an hour or some kind of crazy thing. And uh, but anyway, the whole thing rotates a certain way and it all does what it does and the moon orbits and goes around it too and all this stuff. And, and you know, even though you try to understand all of it, it still flies over your head. But all I know is this. It still remains and day and night are not ceasing. Has anybody, did, did anybody last night fall asleep crying because you were concerned that the sun would not come up today. I don't know, I'm just asking. I mean, maybe you did. Maybe we we'll pray for you about that. But that's, that's a fear that we really don't want to have. But I, I don't know anybody that really has, has ever been, you know, crying because they were concerned the sun would not come up the next day. Everybody just kind of takes for granted that there's going to be day and night. And nobody thinks anything about it. We don't, we don't even war with that. I mean, if I was to say that it isn't going to happen, you'd say, dude, what's your problem? Right? You'd all think I'd lost, lost, you know, I'm off my rocker or something. 
but yet we don't have a problem with day and night. We understand that. We don't have a problem with winter and summer. I thought that was relevant, especially for Central Oregon, because I think we only have two seasons. Some, some years. Now I know there's more, but anyway. But for the most part, it seemed like we had winter, then we had summer. But, but anyway, we know there are seasons. Nobody has, seems to have a problem with that. We understand that. Now, the winter might have been a little longer than we wanted, and the summer might have been a little hotter than we wanted, but we know it's there. Cold and heat, we don't worry that we get that. There's cold, there's going to be heat. You know, it's real cold. Well, it kind of does that sometimes in the winter. And, and, you know, there's, there's, oh, look at the heat, the heat. Well, sometimes it kind of does that in the summer. Well, it's, 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 it's way too hot. Some days it feels that way, but, but nobody's warm with the fact that, that, the, that there is going to be cold and there is going to be heat. You may not like the temperatures and where they land, but you understand that there's going to be a winter, summer, there's going to be cold, there's going to be heat, there's going to be day, there's going to be night. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. Come on, work with me. All right. So why do we worry about this thing about seed time and harvest? Now, as far as the farmer's concerned, farmers don't have any problem with that. If a farmer was out there boohooing in his field because he was mad because beans didn't come up. And the next farmer drove up and said, what's the problem, man? What's up? He said, well, I'm just so upset beans didn't come up. What'd you plant? I planted corn. Well, we'd all think that guy's, what's wrong with this farmer? He, doesn't, he needs to be doing something else. You go to town and work in the mill or something. You don't belong out here on the farm. We don't think, you know, that's just not farming principles. I mean, we all get that, you know, as far as naturally speaking. Okay, uh, you know, the thing with potatoes or uh, zucchini. I mean, you, I mean there's, there's, no, there's no confusion there. We get that if there's no potatoes because I didn't plant none. Unless there's some volunteer thing from the year before that popped up. Okay, well, we'll leave that one alone. But anyway, the bottom line is, for the, you know, I planted beans in this row. I planted uh, corn in this row. I planted potatoes in this row. I planted zucchini and squash in this row. And as long as you tend to it and do what you're supposed to do, guess what? It comes up just the way it is. Okay, why is that? Okay, let's, let's, let's give you an answer. Genesis 1, please. Genesis 1. Is it like verse 11 or 12? Maybe Verse 11, here it is. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass and herb, uh, the herb that yields seed and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind. Everybody say, according to its kind. Whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. So in other words, everything does because why? Because God proclaimed it. From the very get-go, everything will produce after its own kind. Verse 12. And the earth brought forth grass and the herb that yields seed according to its kind. Everybody say, according to its kind. To its and the tree that yields fruit whose seed is in itself according to its kind. Everybody say, according to its kind. To its in other words, what, whatever seed gets put in the ground, that's what's going to come up. According to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And it's never had to change since. Now, we've, you know, scientifically, they try to do stuff and alter this and alter that and uh, crossbreed this with, cross, with this and that. And they kind of modify certain things and, and, and some of that's probably okay and some of it probably not so okay. But the bottom line is everything basically was produced, it was produced to, to, uh, uh, to produce after its own kind. Am I right? Yep. Is there any complication there? No. It's no different with everything else. He said whatever. Put Galatians uh, 7, uh, pardon me, 6 verse 7 on the board again. Praise God. Galatians 6 and verse 7 please. <clears throat> Go back to that first one. <clears throat> All right, let me go get mine. Galatians 6. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. So he's trying to show you is just like he designed it concerning crops, grass, fruit trees, all that. The same thing works across the board because it's all about kingdom principles. Every seed produces after its own kind. Still with me? Okay. So with that said, put uh, Luke 8 on the board. Verse 11. If you want to turn to it, you can. Luke 8 and verse 11. <clears throat> it says this. Now the parable is this. The seed is the Word of God. So the first thing we should see here is that the Word of God is seed in itself. 
Luke 8 and 11. Now what has just happened? He just got done telling him a parable of the sower. Sower's out there, he's sowing seed, and some landed on this kind of ground, some on this kind of ground, some on this kind of ground, and he was given an, an analogy. And so then he, uh, they asked about it, and he says, this is, a, this is something you're going to have to get. In fact, in Mark's account, he lets it be known, if you can't get this one, how are you going to get the rest of the parables? So you've got to get a hold of this one, all right? Because it, it's, basic, it's basic, simple principle of sowing and reaping, all right? And he said this, uh, the seed is the Word of God. So this Word that's being sown that he's talking about is coming out of this right here. This is seed. I said this is seed. Now you say, Pastor, why are you on this? Well, let's say if you're believing God for a miracle, if you're believing God for a breakthrough, if you're believing God for a sign, a wonder, some kind of thing happening in your life, if you're believing God for insight, if you're believing God for a breakthrough financially or a breakthrough physically or a breakthrough in your home, breakthrough in your marriage, if you're believing God for that, then you need to go grab yourself seed. Because all it takes is seed. Now, according to this, verse 12, let's go ahead and read on. Those by the wayside, in other words, the seed that landed on the wayside or the hard pan, are the ones who hear the word, he explains it, then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Because there's a lot of times that what happens. The seed of God's word gets sown, and people just, you know, just not listening. They're just not connecting. They might have heard it, but they're not, it ain't doing anything for them. So the enemy just swoops in there and takes it. And that's what he always wants to do. Because he don't want that seed to take root. Because if the seed takes root, he's in trouble. Verse number 13, please. But the ones on the rock are those, in other words, landed on rocky ground, are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root in themselves, right, who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. Now, temptation, your cross-reference might even say the word testing. Uh, the uh, Mark's account, in Mark 4, he used the word, uh, um, uh, what was it, temp- not temptation, but uh, let's see if I can get got it right here. Uh, let's see, maybe I wrote it in here. Tribulation, that's the word he uses in, in Mark's account, tribulation. By basically, temptation, tribulation, it's all about pressure. Some form of pressure comes. So in other words, he's talking about the condition of the heart here on this one. The seed landed. It looked good, it was, it was received, but now here comes a bunch of distractions. Here comes things up, I mean, that, uh, you know, temptation, pressure, whatever, and before long you're letting go of it. Hello. Yeah. Now, I'm not spending a lot of time on the condition of the soil, the condition of the heart, as much as I, get in, get in mind, seed. Seed time harvest. So this person didn't receive really any harvest because... Everything else became a higher priority, so to speak, than the seed of God's Word. Okay, verse 14. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, they go out, uh, they go out and are choked with cares, riches, pleasures of life, uh, and bring uh, no fruit to maturity or to perfection. Okay, so again, something began, in Mark's account again, it brings out something began to grow, but then something came along and choked it. And actually, all these things really are things that begin to happen, everyday things that go on. In fact, a lot of this stuff is stuff that God brought into your life that no longer is something that you have, but now has you. Because there ain't nothing wrong with pleasures of life and nothing wrong with riches. Not in my Bible. But when that stuff starts having you, now we got trouble. And so what happens now, it all came up, and the word even in Mark, Mark's account says it springs up and then begins to choke. All right? Now, the bottom line is, I want a harvest. I don't want hindrances. I don't want these things uh, choking things out, killing things, uh, the enemy coming and taking it. I want a harvest. Anybody want a harvest? Verse 15, please. But the ones that fell on good ground, look at your neighbor and say, that'd be you. That was so weak. Look at your neighbor and say, that'd be me. Good ground. On those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, here we go, keep it or tend to it, right? 
Amen. Protect it. Water it. Do whatever it takes. Cultivate whatever is necessary. And what happens? It'll bear fruit with patience or with consistency. In other words, if you stay constant with this and do this, guess what? It'll produce just like it says it will. That's the way it works. So the first thing we're going to talk about is the fact that this seed of God's Word needs to get planted in your heart. Period. If you're going to believe God for something, you want breakthroughs and miracles, then you're going to have to start getting the Word in you a little bit about it. What's the promise of God's Word? What's the thing you're believing for? What is it you're needing? Are you still with me today? Are you going to hear me today? Amen. Are you going to be hard pan today? Stony ground? Am I sowing into thistles? Or am I sowing into good ground? That's up to you. That ain't up to me. That's up to you. So here comes, here comes the seed. Okay? So what do we do? Well, if you're believing God for healing, then what you do is you find seed, healing seed. In fact, that little booklet is, is kind of what that's about, really. This is what a lot of this is about. Taking, uh, you know, I think one of these, I don't know if it's in this one or not, but uh, Brother Cap says, uh, grab hold of the gospels. Amen. If you're believing God for healing, go find some gospels. Amen. And start sowing it into your heart. Amen. And it's key. Amen. Amen. So it starts there. Okay, what are you believing for? What, what breakthrough do you need? Does something need to happen at home? Does something need to happen in our marriage, in our family, in our health, in our finance? What is it you're believing for? Are you just, are you, just you know, throwing seed out and, and hope it all lands in good ground? Or are you going to be specific about it? See, come on. So my thought is this. If you're believing for healing, let's find some healing verses. Now, the neat thing about today and today's hour, um, there is so much literature out there about promises in, in God's Word. Yeah. I mean, you, you, yeah, if, you can't say anymore, well, I just can't find any. You're just not looking. You're not seeking. Because now everything's out there. In fact, if you've got an iPad or an iPhone, you can find the promises of God. So what is it you're believing? So what happens is you've got to start getting that word in your heart. Start getting it working in here. Are you still with me? Come on now, we're talking about getting a breakthrough. So you've got to start getting it working in here. If it ain't working in here, let's get it working in there. Amen. Let's start getting it because whatever's in the heart ultimately is going to come out. See? Because everything's going to be reflective of what's in the heart. Are you still with me? Okay. Uh, let's put... Uh, uh, give me, um, let's see here, give me, um, give me uh, Romans 10. Let's put that one on the board, Romans 10. Let's see, we might switch it up here a little bit. Romans 10 and 10. Uh, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Okay, with the heart, right here. One believes. Well, how's that going to happen? Well, in context, actually, in Romans 10, it's talking about something being sown, the Word of God being sown in their heart. So their heart, they fill their heart with the Word of God. And it says if the heart there comes out of the heart, then it says one believes under righteousness. Now, the word righteousness means rightness or right standing. But what, it, what he's referring to is you believe that it's yours. In your heart, you've got to believe that it's yours. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Now, a lot of people just look at that and say, that's just talking about the born-again experience. No, it is. That's, that's how it started. But the same way you got born again is the same way you get healed. The same way you got born again is the same way you get your marriage restored. The same way you got healed is the same way you get your health restored. The same way you got born again is the same way you get your finances restored. The same way you got born again is the same way you get restoration of all things in your life. You believe in your heart and you confess something out your mouth. But it starts with planting a seed in the heart. So you're going to have to take that seed and you're going to have to start planting it. Well, Pastor, I went up there and I got prayed for and nothing happened. What do you mean nothing happened? God's word says it would happen. It says if we'd lay hands on you, that it would happen. Well, I don't, I, it didn't happen. Well, then we need to get something working in you. Because yeah. you have to believe, amen, under righteousness, that, that hey, when you walk up here, bless God, that's mine. And then when you walk away, it ought to be coming out your mouth. That's mine. And if you can't do that out your mouth, or you can't see that inside, if you can't get that working inside, then we got to start getting something in there 
to work so that the next time you do walk up here, you can walk away going, Woo! It's mine! Can I hear a big amen? Amen. So, the seed of God's Word's got to get planted in here. But now here's the thing. That Word now that, that gets planted inside has got to come out your mouth. Now, why is that? Because it's all about seed. Seed time and harvest. The same way the seed of God's Word is planted is the same way you turn and plant seed to bring shift and a change in an unseen realm. In a temporary realm, all the stuff that needs to be shifted and changed in your life, you start speaking to it. Matthew, uh, Matthew 12, please. Verse, uh, let's put verse 34, I think, up there. And, of course, he's talking to the... Uh, the, uh, um, Phil, uh, the uh, I just went blank. Pharisees. And uh, he's kind of rebuking them. And in the sense of this rebuke, he makes a statement. He says, you brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? In other words... If, if all that's in you is evil, then the only thing that's going to come out of you is, is evil, right? So he says, but here he, here, here's the principle. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Some say, well, I have a hard time talking these things. Let's get it in your heart in abundance. You'd be amazed. You won't even have to try to get it out. It just comes out. Right. See, what you in abundance will always come out. That's why, you know, you got you to gotta check yourself. See, uh, uh, this is why, what is it we're, we're speaking? Because, see, you might say, well, I came up here to be prayed for and get a breakthrough. Or you might have took the word of God and said, I'm standing on some, amen. So, but, but what we're going to find out what's in you in abundance because what comes out your mouth is going to determine what you had in you. And if you don't like what's coming out your mouth, well, you don't just say, you know what, I need to guard my tongue. It isn't just guarding your tongue. You got you to gotta start putting the right stuff in your heart. That's where it starts. Otherwise, it becomes a lot of work. Does your mouth get you in trouble any? My mouth used to get me in trouble constantly. It probably still does once in a while. But, uh, uh, but it used to always get me in trouble. And so I always try, well, I just, I just, gotta, uh, I just can't say that. And, uh, i got to walk in love and say good things. I can't cuss anymore. Uh, so you strive and uh, you say something, you go, I guess that's a lot of work. I said, that's a lot of work. And before long, you pull yourself under the law. Not even, well, I, I can't say those things anymore. Well, you probably shouldn't say those things anymore. But the best way to overcome what comes out your mouth is you got to start guarding what goes in your heart. You put the right stuff in your heart, it automatically starts shifting what comes out your mouth. Because what comes out your mouth is also seed that starts producing a harvest. Let's look at this. Verse 35. You still with me? Okay. A good man out of the good treasure, in other words, or deposit, that word treasure means, deposit. So a good man out of the good deposit of his heart, see, or treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man... Out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. In other words, what comes out the heart is what's been placed in the heart. What do you feed on? What do you feed on? Will produce a certain kind of harvest. And then out of that, you, produce, you sow more seed, and out of that produces a harvest. Well, I don't like what's going on around me. Well, then let's change what's coming out your mouth. And if you don't like what's coming out your mouth, let's change in what's going in. Yeah. See, it's not, it's not really all complicated. If you're just feeding on something that just constantly brings negativity and constantly brings doubt and unbelief into your life, if all you ever feed on is CNN, I feel for you. And this ain't a ploy about any uh, station. I'm just saying if all you're going to do is feed on the news of this world all the time and think that you're going to operate out of faith, it ain't going to happen. And I don't go out of here saying, Pastor, we can't watch the news no more. Watch whatever you want, but just remember what you feed on determines some things. And if you're not going to take the Word of God and put it in here so that ultimately you get a harvest that comes up, now you can produce more. Everything produces after its own kind. And now more seed going out to produce something out here. Are you still with me? Verse 36, please. But I say to you that for every idle word that men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. Obviously, words are important here. Verse 37, 
For by your words, not by his, by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. Now, I don't like, uh, I don't, I don't like that second part of the verse. I like the first part, but you notice they go together. So it's up to you what you, what you feed on, because out of the good comes good, out of the bad comes bad. Are you still with me? I'm just trying to show you this, this thing. If, you, if you're wanting a breakthrough, you're not going to get a breakthrough by saying it never works for me. It never happens for me. I never seem to ever get anything. God never does anything for me. I just don't understand. Why does everybody else get their breakthrough? I never get anything. If that's what you're talking, guess what? you got a harvest coming. It ain't good. Is anybody hearing me? God, don't override. Remember, do, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. Don't be deceived. Well, I just don't like that verse. I don't know what to do for you. It's just simple. It's, you know, it's like, okay, if, if everything produces after its own kind, then i got to make sure I put the right seed in the ground. If I don't like all that zucchini, stop planting all the zucchini. Every row is zucchini. It's like one guy says, you know, if you want the dog, stop calling the cat. So, you know, you, gotta, you, gotta, you have to understand that everything's about seed. Whatever a man sows, what you sow in here is going to produce something. What you speak out here is going to produce something. You have, to, you have to understand it. See it as seed. Everything's about seed. Everything's about the kingdom principles here of farming. It's all about it. Amen. Every bit of it. Sowing. It's seed. You have a harvest. You don't like your harvest? Change the seed. You don't get as much in your harvest? Then you've got to make adjustments about how you cultivate, how you water it, how you... But everything produces after its own kind. Well, I'm always sick. Well, stop saying you're always sick. It's producing after its own kind. Uh, you know, I'm just probably going to die young. You know, I, I, I knew my whole life I was going to end up in prison. You know, my kids are probably all going to end up in prison. I just know it. Really? You want to you you plant that? Well, you know, just never, nothing. Listen, I'm not mad. I'm not upset. I'm not, I'm, right? This, just preacher man telling you the truth right now. Everything produces after its own kind. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. And you just have to start seeing it. Everything's seed. Everybody say, everything's seed. Everything's seed. <sighs> okay, uh, James 5. Go quick. James 5 and 16. Put that on the board. I mean, you know, everything. I mean, we could spend all day just talking about the words of your mouth, death and life. What do you want? Right? I want life. I want the blessing. Okay, here's another thing. Okay, confess your trespasses one to another. Of course, in context, dealing with, not a, please don't walk out of thinking you've got to go tell everybody all your, all your trespasses. There's a certain time for that and a place for that, right? And in context, he's talking about that. Confess your trespasses one to another. Pray for one another that, that you may be healed. Hallelujah. Here we go. The effective, uh, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. What's your prayer? Your prayer is seed. What do you want changed? Give me, give me the amplified version of this. Let's go down here to the, the lower part here. Uh, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man, I love this, makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. So when you come to prayer, what are you doing? Uh, well, I want change. I want a heart. What do you want? Well, I, I, this is what I want. So that's the harvest you want. Yes, I want this. Good. So you know the harvest. So now all you have to do is determine the seed. What do you want? Well, I want this. Okay, that's the harvest you want. So if that's what you want, if you want corn, let's plant corn. I, I, I want beans. Okay, plant beans. So your prayer, amen, ought to be coming out your mouth, amen, because it's seed being sown for a harvest. What do you want changed? All of this fits. All of it is. All of it's about, amen, it's about seed 
being sown? What is it you're talking? What is it you're planting inside? What is it, praise God, what is it you want? What do you want in your garden? What kind of fruit tree do you want? Well, I wanted apples. Well, what do you, what, what do you, why'd you plant, you know, peaches? I mean, what, what, well, I wanted apples. Well, I mean, come on, now, you all think, well, come on, Pastor, get past it. Right, right, I agree 100%. Well, I want it healed. Well, then why you keep praying, you know, Lord, if it be your will, kill me? Well, do I got your attention? Lord, if it be your will, take this disease from me. Why do you have to pray that? Why, why would you even pray that? The word's clear. Disease is not of him. God didn't give you that disease. Why would, why would God not want to remove that disease? Well, you just know. Hold it, stop, breaks. Did Jesus put any, make anybody sick? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe my Bible, maybe I didn't read the whole thing. I don't know. Maybe I skipped a verse. Maybe I skipped a chapter. I don't know, but I don't seem to ever remember Jesus ever putting sickness on anybody. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What is it you want? Then that's the seed that goes in. Then that's the seed that comes out. Amen. And your prayer is seed. And if all you're going to do is pray, Lord, if it be your will, that's dangerous because you, obviously you don't know the will then. So now you don't have a clue what's going to come up. And see, whatever then comes up, you're going to go, well, I guess it must be God. Uh, that's dandelion. That's uh, Russian thistle. Is that what you plan? Well, well, I, 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 I did. I, I, I didn't. I, 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 I didn't plant that. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also receive. Or reap. Okay. Deuteronomy 30. Put that one on the board real quick. Verse 19. Listen, everything's about seed. Everything's about seed and harvest. Seed time harvest. Seed time harvest. Seed time harvest. I call heaven and earth to witness today against you. This is Jesus talking after he just got done laying out what the blessing is and what the curse is. Does anybody want the curse in this house? No. I'm asking a simple question. Does anybody want the curse in this house? No. Nobody wants the curse in this house. If you've ever taken the time to read what the curse is, nobody wants the curse. Period. And if you read it, you might be amazed at how much of the curse is actually in operation. Not to depress you. The point is, he asked a question. I, I laid it all out in front of you. I've set before you life and death. I've set before you the blessing and the curse. Therefore, just in case you didn't get it, I'm going to tell you what you need to choose. Choose life. Why? Because you get a harvest. That's what you're saying. Your choices are seed. See, everything is seed. What are you choosing? What choice are you making? Well, that choice produces something. It'll affect both you and your family, your descendants. You choose life, guess what? You and your descendants are going to live. You choose the death, you choose the curse, guess what? You and your family are going to walk in that, in that curse. He just lay, it's very simple. There's nothing complicated about what God, God says, hey, here it is. Yay! Ooh! Ha! Yeah! What do you want? That's what he's doing. Well, give me a minute. Thinking.
See, it's simple. You make a choice. Why? Because even your choice is a seed because it'll produce a harvest. Well, I choose life. I choose the blessing. Okay. Well, um, I don't see it all in operation, but you, it's a seed. You made a choice. So now plant that, cultivate, tend to it. Guess what? It produces life that affects both you and your family. Listen, if you see everything as seed, there'll be some choices you won't make. Because there's some choices you make, and you don't see it as seed. All you see it as you in the moment. Well, it's just about me. No, it's never just about you. Sorry. It affects you, but it's also going to affect everybody else around you. That thing you just chose, it's seed, dude. And it affects you, it'll affect the family. And then what happens is, it affected the family, we don't like it, now we need a miracle just to get out of the choice that I made. Listen, stop and think for a minute, okay? Just please, think about most of the things that we need a breakthrough or a miracle in. Stop and think about that thing. How did that get to this place? No condemnation, no guilt, no shame. But we have to stop and think, I got to this point because it is a harvest of a seed sown. So we got to guard the choices we make. It does produce something. My choice is going to affect me. My choice is going to affect my family. My choice is going to affect my church. My choice is going to affect my department. My choice is going to affect whatever. It goes beyond just yourself. Are you still with me? Galatians, back to Galatians, chapter 6, verse 7. We're winding down. I say we're winding down. Some are like grateful. Hallelujah. Do not be deceived, verse 7. God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh. In other words, you feed your flesh. I'm not talking about McDonald's. I'm talking about the things that you do, the choices that you make. Is it just feeding your flesh? Because if it just feeds your flesh, it has a harvest. What's the harvest? It says you'll reap corruption, destruction, ruin. It ain't going to be pretty. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Now, the word everlasting life or uh, eternal life, the same word there. Just, I guess it just kind of depends on how they use it in the sentence, but... Uh, but it just means a, not just referring to a quantity of time, but a quality of life. Amen. Not just a quantity of life, but a quality of life. There we go. And so you have to understand that what he's talking about, if you, if you want the quality of life, like Jesus, Jesus referred to it as Zoe life or abundant life. So he said, if you want abundant life, then sow toward it. So how do you do that? Well, you, you feed your spirit and not your flesh. So even the choices you make are the choices feeding your flesh or the choice is feeding your spirit. Are you still with me? Listen, we're not off the subject. You think about all the things that we, we, want, we want change or breakthrough, you know, then let, let's, let's, make, let's make adjustments. Let's sow toward these things. What is it you want changed in your household? We've got to sow toward those things. Make some choices that move you, move, that, that somehow or another allows a harvest of goodness and God to move into this thing. Let us not grow weary while doing good. So in context, you know what he's talking about. He's talking about doing something, doing something good or making right choices here. For in due season we shall reap if we don't lose heart. In other words, you don't lose grip. You just keep going, keep doing, you'll reap. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us also, right, do good to all, right, especially those who are in the household of faith. So in other words, now it's not just about seed, just something personal. It goes beyond now. I'm, I'm not just sowing good just based on me. I'm now, I'm now looking around beyond me, getting ready to sow more seed. Listen, uh, Luke, Luke 6, put Luke 6 on the board. Listen, listen, you want breakthroughs? This is how it is. It's all about seed, all about seed. What you put in, what you speak out, what you declare, what you're proclaiming. 
The choices you make, all of it's seed, all of it's seed. What are you putting in the ground? What do you want? You want potatoes? Let's get potatoes in the ground. You want corn? Let's get corn in the ground. You want healing? Get healing in the ground. You want financial breakthrough? Get it in the ground. All right? Therefore, uh, no, uh, uh, I'm sorry. Let's go to uh, uh, Luke 6 and put, uh, uh, what verse is that? Let's see if I got it here. 35 maybe, 35, Luke 6 and 35. Let's try that. I know, I, know, I, I kind of jumped all over the map with this. So put the Luke 6 and 35. Are you there? There we go. Okay, but love your enemies. Oh, dang it, we had to start there. Shoot. Oh. Gosh, I didn't want to do that. Remember choices. Do good seed. Well, I can't stand that guy. I know, but what kind of, what kind of harvest do you want? Oh, Pastor, no, no, that don't work. No, don't be deceived. God is not mocked, okay? But whatever a man sows, that shall, that shall he also reap. Love your enemies, be kind, and do good. Uh, doing favors, this is amplified here, doing favors so that someone uh, derives benefit from them. And land, but this is really long. So do we have just the New King James in this? Put the New King James, just simpler for this one. Amen. Uh, I'm sorry, Kathy. I probably messed you up on the notes back there, didn't I? All right, so Luke 6, here we go, Luke 6. Are you still okay? Okay, so love your enemies, do good, and lend, hoping that, uh, for nothing in return, and that just means uh, no, no contingencies, no strings attached is what that means, okay? Um, I'm in verse 35. Uh, and uh, your reward will be great. In other words, your harvest will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High, and he, uh, for He is kind to the thankful, or pardon me, kind to the unthankful, and He's also what? Kind to the evil. God is. He is? I thought he likes to squish the unthankful and the evil. Get him, God! Squish them all! No, that's, that's not how he operates. Remember, that's what the boy said. Call fire down, man. These people, how dare they turn their nose up at you? He says, look back at him like, what spirit are you of? Did you get that from me? Uh, no, you didn't get that. I didn't come here to destroy men's lives. I came here to, to heal them, to deliver them, to save men, not destroy them. So God is kind to the unthankful and the evil. Praise ye the Lord, because one day that was me. One day that would have said, for he is kind to Jerry, even though he's in no way, shape, or form worthy of it. I don't know about you. Maybe you guys all were perfect, I guess. But for me, I had a really, it was yuck. Okay, I just very selfish, very unthankful. Yeah, I, I fit evil. And he was kind to me. And there were others that were kind to me. When they could have looked at me and said, you got issues. In fact, your issues have issues. Verse 36, therefore be merciful just as your father also is merciful. I'm talking about seed in the ground. I'm talking about seed in the ground. I haven't changed subject. What do you want? Well, I just don't. Uh, how about mercy? Here we go. Verse, verse 37, judge not and you shall not. What's it? Talking about see seed in the ground and it produces a harvest. You get judgmental. Here it comes back at you. You condemning. It comes back at you. Judge not, you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you'll be forgiven. It's all about, it's all about seed time harvest. Verse 38, give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Uh, will be put into your bosom, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. whole thing's about being generous. So this, all of this is talking about how, how you look toward others and sow good toward others. Right. It's going to determine things. Well, I just don't understand. I never, I never, I never get that. Those good things happening for me. Are you sowing those things? Well, nobody's ever kind to me. Nobody ever gives me mercy. Everybody's judgmental over me. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, 
that shall he also reap. And to think that things, you know, it's like, well, well, I'm just, you know, I'm just giving them what they got coming. That's what the devil would love because they sow to seed. And so you think now all of a sudden you're going to be their harvest? <laughs> I've had that argument. They've sat my, across my desk giving me that argument. I'm just giving them their harvest. No, what you're doing is sowing seed. He sowed seed. Now you're sowing seed. And you're both going to get an ugly harvest. See, you always got to see it as seed being sown. You're not, uh, you know, you're not the judgment police. You're not the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. You, you still, see, you don't render evil for evil. Why? Because you do that seed in the ground. You don't want that. Well, I, I'm, I'm up. What are you praying about? Well, my relationships and, and I'm believing God for my marriage. Well, stop being such a stinker. Good night. You, you, you spew that stuff out your mouth and you're hard on her and you're hard on him. And you, and you, you, what do you, why'd you say that? Well, they had a comment. It's seed in the ground. And now you're going to have a harvest and you don't like Well, I don't understand why that woman don't like me. I've been good. I put a ring on her finger and bless God, ain't that enough? My goodness, gave her a car to drive and everything. Daggone woman. And that man, he's a creep. <sighs> seed sown. Nobody wants that kind of seed or, or that kind of harvest. Nobody wants thistles. Nobody wants dandelion. Now, there might be a few out there. They're so pretty. <laughs> I don't like dandelion. Dandelion and the clover can go. Come on, somebody. But anyway, whatever. Okay, so uh, let me, let me, uh, um, uh, 2 Corinthians 9, can you put that one up? It's our last one. We'll close with this. Okay, you, you, know, you know, the sense of, of relationships, uh, Proverbs 8, 18 says this, it says, if you're friendly, you'll have friends. <laughs> it's like, what, seed time harvest, dude. <laughs> Man, you want friends? Be friendly. All right, anyway, here's another one, okay? Uh, you know, we use this. Uh, when it comes time to offering time, in fact, in context, chapter 8 and chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians is dealing with uh, financial uh, seed being sown into a ministry, all right? And he said this, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. That means grudgingly and also means to be, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of tight-fisted is what it kind of refers to. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. In other words, what you sow is what you reap. Verse 7, come on, stay with me. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Now, again, it's talking about an offering. I'm talking about the tithes, talking about the offering. Okay, it's something you purpose. Amen. And it says here, not grudgingly. In other words, you're just going to gripe about it, then hang on to your seed until you're ready to get your heart right. All right, purpose in your heart. Not grudgingly or of necessity, right? In other words, you weren't forced into it. Come on, somebody. For God loves a... It obviously makes a difference. So, all right, verse 8, okay, what happens then? Well, then God's able to make all grace, okay, that divine influence abound towards you. Why? That you always have all sufficiency in all things, and you have an abundance for every good work. Now, I like that verse. Now, that's a refrigerator verse right there, baby. All sufficiency. Hallelujah. In all things and an abundance. For every good work says you can have that. That's the harvest we want. Well, that's what I want, Pastor. But you're going to have to give. Oh, yeah, here we go. Now, that's it. I knew it. Preacher coming after money. Here he goes. Yeah, I knew it. Do you like that verse? I like verse 8. Verse 8 amazing. And I think verse 8, everybody should have... Because then you could be a part of everything you want to ever be a part of, according to that verse. That's the kind of harvest you can have. Well, you don't get verse 8 without verse. See, you don't get a harvest without seed sown. See, I, this year we, so we, we moved, uh, it was actually last year, we moved our, our garden spot 
we had these elevated beds, and they just didn't work. And so we moved everything. And um, um, so anyway, uh, meantime, it just kind of sits there. Anyway. <laughs> That's my point. I can go out there and say, I put a fence around this. How come? I even built a shed, had a shed built, and all my tools now for the gardener are in that shed. I go out there every day thinking, I just don't understand. I have a garden spot. I have it fenced off. I have tools in the shed. Where's my garden? Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. And if you're believing God, listen, all of this is still, you're up here, I'm believing God for a financial breakthrough. Do you ever put seed in the ground? Do you ever sow toward it? Well, I'm believing God for healing. Have you ever sown seed? Did you put seed in the heart for this thing? Have you, are you speaking that out your mouth? I'm believing God for a marriage to be restored. Are you, what, what, are, what's, what are you praying and declaring? What are you speaking? What are you planning inside? What are you sowing towards? If that's the harvest you want, we got to guard the seed. What seed are you putting in the ground? If you're needing a financial breakthrough, it'd probably be wise to sow financial seed. It's how it works. It's not some preacher, money-grubbing preacher trying to get your money. It's a principle. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Did you get something today? Give God praise. Come on. Watch y'all stand up. Praise God. Thank you for letting me finish that. I appreciate it. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Every promise that's in the Word of God is for you. Every promise. All the promises of God, yes, are yes and amen. Amen. All of them. So if, if you're believing for a promise concerning any area of your life, your health, finance, whatever it is, then take a minute and begin to look at it as harvest. That's my harvest. That's what I want. The fullness of that promise manifesting in my life. That's the harvest you want. And then ask yourself, what seed do I need to sow toward it? It's no different than if you were planting your garden. I got some people in here, they got green thumbs. And they're very good at it. And they, they got it down to a science. They know exactly what side of the garden they have to plant this and what side of the garden that because of the way the shade is over here and you have to weigh the watering thing over here and they understand everything about us. And they got this thing in the back, they, they stir this yuck <laughs> called mulch and all this other stuff. Compost, that's right, compost, there we go. See, it shows you how good I know. <laughs> compost. And they know exactly how much compost to put on this and how much to put on that and when to how to turn this and where to do this and when to move this, when to rake this, when to pull this. <laughs> because they've taken time and through years probably for their case, years of just learning the do's and the don'ts. It's no different in the things of God, the spiritual principles of God. What is it you want? What harvest? And then understand that it's going to take seed to get to that harvest. And what is it going to require of you to be a part? That's it. There's nothing complicated about that, but you just got to be willing. Remember the, the verse we read in offering time? You put the seed in the ground, and you're the one that puts the sickle in too. And all the rest of it just starts happening in between. And so you just have to determine what you want for a harvest, and then that determines the kind of seed you want to sow, and just make sure that's the seed you're sowing. If you don't like being judged all the time, stop judging others. If you don't like to be, you know, everybody being critical and down on you all the time, stop being that way to them or others. If you need a financial increase, then understand, hear God about a seed being sown to move toward that. That's it. That's nothing complicated. That's how it works.
Father, we give you praise and glory. Thank you for the principle of seed time and harvest. And we thank you for that, that you've laid that out for us. And Father, I thank you for revelation knowledge about it. Father, we want a good harvest, a right harvest. Hallelujah. We want to walk in the blessing, not the curse. So, Father, I thank you. First off, we repent for the ugly seed, the wrong seed. <sighs> Father, I'd ask for crop failure on that mess. <laughs> Hallelujah. But Lord, you're faithful and just to forgive, and we receive that and thank you for that. And from here on, we choose to sow good seed. So, Father, I thank you for clarity. Thank you, Lord, for insight and understanding about it. Opening the eyes of our understanding, we give you praise. And we thank you for a glorious harvest in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.